Russia is resilient after uprising, foreign minister says. Gabriela Sapasoa Cassandra Vinograd Ivan Nechipurenko Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Victoria Kim Victoria Kim Victoria Kim Ben Laffin The New York Times Eric Schmidt Addressing Russia's Western adversaries, Foreign Minister Sergei V. Lavrov said his country would emerge stronger. The fate of a top general who knew about the revolt remained unknown. Pinned. Updated 28 minutes ago. Ivan Nechipurenko and Gabriela Sapasoa. Here are the latest developments. Nearly a week after a short-lived rebellion that challenged President Vladimir V. Putin's authority, Russia's top diplomat delivered a message to Western adversaries on Friday, insisting that the country would emerge stronger and more resilient. If someone in the West has doubts about this, then that's their problem, Foreign Minister Sergei V. Lavrov told a news conference. His comments were the latest Russian effort to project normality following the aborted uprising, amid a series of highly choreographed public appearances by Mr. Putin aimed at displaying his strength and popular support. Still unclear was the fate of General Sergei Sirovikin, the former top Russian commander in Ukraine, whom U.S. officials say might have been detained in connection with the uprising over the weekend led by Yevgeny V. Prigazin. U.S. spy agencies have indications that General Sirovikin knew ahead of time about the rebellion, officials said. U.S. officials cautioned that the initial reports that General Sirovikin had been detained were not conclusive. Some pro-war bloggers in Russia said he had been arrested, while others denied it. The Kremlin has not commented publicly when asked about General Sirovikin's whereabouts and referred questions to the Russian Defense Ministry. Here are other developments. The Ukrainian military said it had carried out a successful strike on the Russian-occupied city of Berdyansk in southern Ukraine. Earlier, explosions were reported in the city and a Russian-installed official claimed that a Ukrainian strike had been repelled. With Mr. Prigazin having arrived in Belarus, according to that country's pro-Russian leader, Russian diplomats rushed to reassure the Central African Republic, one of several African countries where Mr. Prigazin's Wagner Group operates, that the mercenaries would continue working there. A Pentagon spokesman said Thursday that the United States also continues to see some elements of the Wagner Group in Ukraine. On a surprise visit to Ukraine on Thursday, former Vice President Mike Pence met with President Volodymyr Zelensky and toured a mass burial site in Kiev, placing flowers at a memorial. After imposing severe economic sanctions on Russia, launching training missions for the Ukrainian military and providing money for weapons, European Union leaders are wrestling with finding new ways to support Ukraine without offering full membership in the bloc or unbreakable promises. The Ukrainian military said it had carried out a successful strike on Russian-occupied Berdyansk in southern Ukraine. The news came hours after explosions were reported in the city and a Kremlin-installed official, Vladimir Rogov, said that a Ukrainian strike had been repelled by air defenses. While it was not immediately possible to reconcile the conflicting claims, video posted on social media by Rogov and others showed thick clouds of black smoke in Berdyansk. Russia continued to project confidence that the failed armed uprising last weekend would not change the country's course. Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said Russia would emerge stronger and more resilient, telling a news conference, if someone in the West has doubts about this, then that's their problem.
Advertisement. Ukraine Diary, a visit to a village that looks serene, but only at first glance. This is one in an occasional series of dispatches about life amid the war in Ukraine. Priobrzenka, Ukraine, this small village in southeastern Ukraine looks serene at first glance, a typical Ukrainian village with abundant fields and lovingly tended yards. But it has not been spared by the war. In the night, it's silent, so we hear distant sounds of shelling, said one resident, Tamara, 59, who asked to be identified only by her first name to avoid unwanted attention. During the day, we're planting as many vegetables as possible, nobody knows what winter will bring. When Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine started in February of last year, she and the three granddaughters she is raising moved to her home cellar because it was loud and scary outside. But within days, they realized that it was impossible to live there in the dank cold. Many villagers left when it all started, but eventually most of them returned, Tamara said on a recent afternoon. Here we have a house, garden, and our own vegetables, but what will you do far from here without money and home? So we stayed. Days later, shelling left three people in Priobrzenka with critical wounds, according to the local authorities. But it was quiet as Tamara spoke. Her granddaughters were helping in the garden and playing with their little dog, Javeline. They were well aware that the village had already had two funerals for soldiers killed fighting the invaders, and a third was coming. We're not sure if we'll go to the funeral tomorrow, but you'll know where it will be, everybody will be there, said the youngest, Yana, 9. Another villager who asked to be identified only by his first name, Yuri, 69, was joking and laughing until he started to talk about his family. One of his sons is on the front line. On the day of the third funeral, the village was crowded from the early morning on. People lined up along the main street, holding flowers and flags, waiting for the funeral procession so they could say farewell to Ruslan Serenkov, 37, a machine gunner who died on June 5 during a combat mission near Bakhmut. His widow, Nadia Serenkova, 34, is now faced with raising their two children, Sofia, 8, and Ilya, 12. I can't talk about him now, she said of her husband. I just can't imagine my life without him. Misfortune was no stranger to the Serenka family. His mother, Asia, 81, is from Kazakhstan, and his father, Petro, 72, is from Belarus. After the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986 sent radioactivity into Belarus, they fled their home there in the city of Homel, starting a new life in Priobrzenka. Asia Serenkov said that her son liked the army. Shortly before his death, she said, he told her, Mom, you can't imagine how many good people are there. I should have gone to the army much earlier. June 30, 2023, 4.02 a.m. ET three hours ago. Three hours ago. Cassandra Vinograd. Explosions were reported this morning in the Russian-occupied city of Berdyansk on Ukraine's southern coast, according to the Russian state news agency TASS. Vladimir Rogov, a Kremlin-appointed occupation official in southern Ukraine, later claimed that Russian air defenses had repelled a Ukrainian missile attack, TASS reported. His claim could not be independently verified. June 30, 2023, 4.03 a.m. ET three hours ago. Three hours ago. Cassandra Vinograd. 
Ukraine's military is waging a counteroffensive to recapture territory from Russian forces in southern and eastern Ukraine. On Thursday, Ukrainian officials said Kyiv's forces had made advances in the direction of Berdyansk. June 30, 2023, 1.49 a.m. ET 5 hours ago. 5 hours ago. Victoria Kim. The World Bank has approved a $1.5 billion loan to Ukraine for its recovery efforts, the international lender said on Thursday. The funds will be used to help provide housing for displaced residents, improve transparency in public expenditures and bolster market functionality, the bank said. The bank said it has facilitated a total of more than $37.5 billion in emergency funding to Ukraine. Advertisement June 30, 2023, 1.49 a.m. ET 5 hours ago. 5 hours ago. Victoria Kim Wagner, the mercenary force that waged an aborted rebellion against the Kremlin last week, still has a presence in Russian-occupied territory in Ukraine, Pat Ryder, the Pentagon press secretary, said in a briefing, Thursday. Right now, we continue to see some elements of the Wagner group, he said. June 30, 2023, 1.49 a.m. ET 5 hours ago. 5 hours ago. Victoria Kim. The fate and location of the thousands of Wagner troops have remained unknown since Saturday's munity, in which Evgeny V. Prigazin, the Wagner chief, led them on a march toward Moscow. Satellite images show that Belarus is rapidly building structures in a deserted military base, a possible location for the fighters who were given the option of relocating there. In a Ukrainian field hospital, relentless casualties and a Russian POW. For more than a year, civilian doctors and nurses in Ukraine have been swapping their white coats for military fatigues, putting their lives on the line to treat an endless stream of casualties. New York Times journalists spent a week inside a military field hospital in the Donetsk region of eastern Ukraine, filming a team of combat medics and doctors as they raced to save the lives of wounded soldiers. We're working on two front lines, said Alexei Nazarishin, a Ukrainian surgeon and the hospital's chief medical officer. The war against the enemy and the war for the patient's life. About 13,000 soldiers have been treated at this hospital alone since it opened in October. While the Ukrainian military has not disclosed how many of its soldiers have been killed or wounded since the Russian invasion began, the relentless flow of patients reflects the staggering cost of 16 months of war on Ukrainian troops. The severity and frequency of the casualties are the result of a long, protracted battle with Russian forces in the east, which has become mired in a bloody stalemate with no end in sight. I thought you could only see things like this in films about World War II, said Anatoly, a wounded Ukrainian soldier who spoke to us from his hospital bed. Under Ukrainian military rules, he is being identified only by his first name. For the medics and physicians, the days are a grueling cycle of trauma, death and exhaustion. When an injured Russian soldier arrives at the field hospital after being captured on the battlefield, they must set aside their anger and uphold their medical oath to treat him like any other patient. When I see this POW, I imagine him holding an assault rifle in his hands and shooting at our soldier, said Dr. Yulia Kajan, a surgeon volunteering at the hospital. I know that we need this soldier so that we can swap him for one of our own. I just don't have respect or compassion for him in my soul. But there wasn't much time to think about the enemy soldier. 
Soon more soldiers arrived from the battlefield with new wounds to treat. It gets more and more difficult psychologically with every day of war, said another doctor at the hospital, Iardianica. Because fatigue grows on you. June 29, 2023, 5.15 p.m. ET June 29, 2023. June 29, 2023. The New York Times. Days after a dramatic threat to his power, Putin is ramping up his public appearances. President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia, who has long presented himself as Russia's guarantor of stability, aimed to project a business-as-usual image on Thursday, five days after a brief rebellion by a Russian mercenary leader threw the country into crisis. During the uprising on Friday and Saturday Mr. Putin made only a brief public statement, but since then he has increasingly tried to appear in front of the television cameras to take control of the public narrative. Here's a look at the Russian leader's appearances this week, or lack of them, and how he has publicly managed the most dramatic threat to his leadership since he took power. Saturday, June 24. As Wagner mercenary forces led by Yevgeny V. Prigazin seized a major southern city and advanced hundreds of miles toward Moscow, Mr. Putin delivered a five-minute national address describing Mr. Prigazin, without naming him, as a traitor and vowing to quell the uprising. Hours later, Mr. Prigazin ended the mutiny, agreeing to stop the uprising in return for amnesty and exile, in a deal negotiated by Alexander G. Lukashenko, the leader of Belarus and a close ally of Mr. Putin. Sunday, June 25. Mr. Putin did not appear anywhere in public, the day after the most profound government crisis in three decades appeared to have been defused. Even as state television tried to trumpet the idea that Russian unity and maturity had prevailed, commentators publicly wondered why much of Russia's leadership was not seen or heard. Monday, June 26. Throughout much of the day, the Kremlin sought to project an air of stability, despite Mr. Putin's absence from public view. When he finally emerged for a five-minute televised speech on Monday night, the Russian leader skirted a host of questions to insist that the Russian government was presenting a united front to all threats. He denounced the Wagner Rebellion as blackmail, defended his response to the mutiny and hinted at leniency for those who took part, saying that the entire Russian society united around his government. Tuesday, June 27. Mr. Putin spent a busy day in front of television cameras, portraying the rebellion as a heroic episode for the Russian state. In a televised meeting with military service members in Moscow, Mr. Putin suggested that Mr. Prigazin, whose name he has refused to utter, or people linked to him might be guilty of graft. And in a grandly choreographed outdoor appearance at the Kremlin, Mr. Putin descended a red-carpeted staircase to deliver a speech from a stage on the medieval-era Cathedral Square. He paid tribute to the troops and security forces who he said had shown determination and courage in defending Moscow. Wednesday, June 28. Seeking to show he was going back to business as usual, Mr. Putin flew to the southern Russian region of Dagestan, where he praised the expansion of the local brandy industry. State media released video of Mr. Putin striding onto a city square and being greeted by an excited and welcoming crowd, an image that appeared designed to show that the president retained public support. Later, Mr. Putin fed speculation about a broader crackdown in a closed-door meeting with Russian media figures at the Kremlin, presenting himself as a leader in total control. Thursday, June 29. 
Mr. Putin appeared in Moscow at a domestic technology fair where he was shown new facial recognition technology and advanced printers, sat in a gaming chair and even joked about a Russian cartoon character, Garbage Toad, on stage with other panelists. Advertisement June 29, 2023, 3.02 p.m. ET June 29, 2023 June 29, 2023 Helene Cooper, Julian E. Barnes, and Eric Schmidt U.S. officials say Russia appears to have detained a top general in a post-mutiny crackdown. U.S. officials, citing early intelligence reports, say that Russian authorities appear to have detained a top general under suspicion that he was involved in or had knowledge of the planning for the Wagner Group's failed rebellion. The circumstances surrounding the status of the general, Sergei Sirovikin, are still very murky. U.S. officials cautioned that the reports were not conclusive and said they could not provide further details. American officials would not say, or do not know, if he was formally arrested or just held for questioning. Focus in Russia on the fate of General Sirovikin, the country's former top commander in Ukraine, has been intense, following a New York Times report that U.S. spy agencies believe that he knew ahead of time about the rebellion, led by Yevgeny V. Prigozhin, against Russia's military leadership. A senior NATO country diplomat said that firm intelligence was lacking, but that careful comments by Kremlin spokesman Dmitry S. Peskov on Thursday in which he deflected questions about General Sirovikin's whereabouts seemed to confirm the general's detention. News of General Sirovikin's detention was earlier reported by the Financial Times. There were conflicting reports in the Russian news media about General Sirovikin's fate. Some pro-war bloggers on the popular Telegram social network reported this week that he had been arrested, while others said that was not the case. One popular account posted a recording of an interview with a woman it said was General Sirovikin's daughter, who denied that her father had been arrested. Nothing happened to him, she said. He's at his work location. The account could not be independently verified. American intelligence agencies have been trying to learn more about the general's potential role in the rebellion, whether he simply knew about it or helped plan the revolt, which has come to be seen as the most dramatic threat to President Vladimir V. Putin in his 23 years in power. The question is a critical one for Mr. Putin as well. For years, Mr. Putin has allowed different factions to exist inside the Russian military. But after the short-lived mutiny, the Kremlin may be more likely to purge at least some of the senior officers who are less supportive of Sergei K. Shoigu, the defense minister. Mr. Prigozhin had expressed rage against Russian military leadership for months before the revolt, concentrating most of his ire on Mr. Putin's two senior military advisors, Mr. Shoigu and General Valery V. Gerasimov, the chief of the general staff. American officials said that Mr. Prigozhin's failed rebellion could, at least for the time being, have the perverse effect of strengthening Mr. Shoigu's hold on the top job, since Mr. Putin would not want to be seen as caving to Mr. Prigozhin. Some Western analysts said the apparent detention of General Sirovikin and uncertainty about the fate of other senior officers could hurt Russian troop morale that there has not been a clear signal from the top about these very senior generals standing after the Prigazin mutiny can't be good for morale, said Samuel Charap, a Russia analyst at the Rand Corporation. Surovikin in particular is known to be popular with the rank and file, Mr. Charap said. 
if he has been arrested and there is no explanation from the top, one can imagine his subordinates might be preoccupied with their own safety, not the war. Stephen Erlanger and Anton Troyanovsky contributed reporting.